Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. Another fine episode. Um, I've lost count, but it doesn't really matter because for this episode, all we really need to do is be able to count to 10. Because (laughs) we decided that um, having spoken a lot about CrossFit and lifting and stuff like that, that and you know the whole love what your body can do rather than what it looks like it would be kind of fun to go through our top 10 favorite things about lifting yeah we haven't done a top 10 in a while so we each did a list and I, I was laughing to myself when I made this list I think Rachel's sounds like it's probably been definitively organized into absolute <laughs> You know, perfect order of favorite things about lifting. We're going to start at 10 and go down to 1, 1 being the most favorite thing. Our most thing. favorite things, yeah. Mine is probably a little more jumbled because there are some that I really couldn't tell you whether that It I is like kind of hard to organize more. them. Like, what do I love the most? It's hard to say. So, so. we're going to have a little fun with that. That's like the sort of bulk of today's episode. And then we're going to give you a little introduction to a little experiment that we're about to go on. Um... The experiment is conducted on me and somewhat managed by Rachel. And and we've maybe mentioned it on previous podcasts, and so it's something we're making happen. So yeah, we're going to introduce that idea on this show, and then um, in a couple of episodes' time, we will check back in and see how it's all going, and um, I'll let you know how it feels. Right? <laughs> and there's going to be video suspense. components to it, which will be fun, that yes, we'll post so, on our uh, site. <laughs> yes, the social media aspect of the game will be strong. I've got to try and remember that, because yep. I'm yep. typically bad. Like I'm bad at doing like stories where I sit, just sit and talk at my phone. Yeah, and, like, tell right? the world People about do, my Yes, feelings. yes, exactly. Lots of you're you're way more of an influencer than I am because this is your your job. So, so yeah, I'm gonna try and get better at that and document my journey on the before and after podcast yeah. Instagram stories. You need like a little um, daily diary. Yes, but we'll tell you all about that at the end of the episode. And um, also, very excited to announce that the next episode we will release after this. We're going to have a very exciting guest, a very inspirational person. Um, We mentioned a while back um, about being excited about the Adaptive Athletes Division at the CrossFit Games this year. And we are going to be talking to none other than one of the CrossFit Games Adaptive Athletes all about her journey, body image related issues, looking, feeling like an athlete that belongs there. So that's going to be super cool. So look out for that one. Another fine reason to tune in to Before and After Podcast. So, without further ado, lifting. Lifting. What do we love about lifting? What do we love about lifting? Getting bulky! That's right! We just fooled you. The whole episode, we're just going to talk about being bulky. Being bulky. (laughs) I love it. It's my goals. Um, But Rachel, I'm going to ask you, your number 10, come in hot number 10 position the thing that you love about lifting. Okay. And this Um, is, is this like, I want to like ask, is this specifically Olympic lifting that you were thinking about 
Or just moving weight. This is like moving weight. I definitely like got to just, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, a, I mean, there is some stuff I think that's maybe more specific to being like powerlifting or Olympic lifting, but it's more just generally why it's, why I just love being able to move big weight in I lots just of love, different ways. I love the fact that we can sit here and talk about the things that we love about moving weight. When for so long in my life, the messaging was just like, ooh, you can take that too far. Back off, back right? off. Or yeah. Tracy Anderson and women should never use more than three pound dumbbells. Can you, you imagine? That's the, that's the experiment we never did, right? Like if we actually grabbed three pound dumbbells and saw how many like how many reps of something we could do with them. We'd probably get bored. <laughs> It'd be boring. It would be like rowing a marathon. Run we would just, out of energy. I would need to be a, have a movie on or something. All right. Hit me with it. All number right. 10 so, on your um, list. Number 10. One of the things I love about lifting is that it can make you really impressive at parties. Oh. So I will explain this a little further. Um, one of my weird favorite things is uh, if people tell me how much they weigh, I can let them know what I can do with their body weight. Like, hey, I could deadlift you. Uh, oh, I like Hey, it. I could like clean and jerk you. <laughs> Hannah still hasn't actually let me try to do anything to her, but I, I use her body weight as, as a metric sometimes um, when I'm looking at, you know, my, my goals. Um, so that, and then also, I don't know if you've ever been to a, like a CrossFit party or like a, a party with lots of athletes where there's any sort of keg stand opportunity. Mm-hmm. But back in the day at my first CrossFit gym, our Christmas parties were pretty epic and uh, my friend JJ, who's a badass athlete, her keg stands are just beautiful, right? Like, can you imagine <laughs> gymnasts doing keg stands, right? They're perfect, beautiful handstands. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's I love it, it how that's, uh, we're always like talking to people, like as a coach, like I'm always trying to find ways to be like, hey, this may seem like something you just do in the gym, but this is what it could translate to in real life. Did you ever think keg stands? Did you ever recommend keg stands? Exactly. Um, Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest, like keg stands, usually the ones you see on like viral videos, it's because someone is like collapsing and and probably hurts themselves or falls off. So like a solid handstand, really strong body position, you, you, it's, it's also safer. Safety first, people. Safety Safety first, people. Safety first. So, yeah, so you can love lifting weights that you can basically, like, (laughs) put on a show or, like, uh, at parties and be like, I I could deadlift you for reps, bitches. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. your number 10? Okay. Mine's on a slightly different track. (laughs) Um, And, again, like, this this could be, like, a 7, it could be a 10. I don't really know. But um, I put... And this is probably weird. The soreness post-lifting. I you love, love it? that feeling <laughs> when you've had a really good lifting session that, and you, you get out of bed the next day and you're like, oh, hell, damn, oof. I did some I didn't work. even know that bit could hurt. Um, there's, a, there's, there's obviously a fine line. Like, I feel like post-MRF soreness is gross. Yeah. No, that, That's yeah. like when you're sore to the touch and you feel like you right. might have the flu and your body is just like, what yeah. the actual? Like if Dory jumped did you up on your quads, you'd be like, get away from me. Yeah, you'd cry. And like, I hate that. Like, that's that's the kind of stuff you reserve for special occasions. Right. But like, <laughs> special occasion soreness is not what she's talking about, y'all. <laughs> but like that kind of feeling of, wow, I really went to work and I found it's not, you know, like you just get that feeling of, yeah, I'm 
still pushing myself and I'm still like finding new ways to work things and like rip things a little bit so they can repair a little bit better and I don't know I love that is that weird no I mean I I think it's cool right I also think it's really freaking hilarious to watch somebody like I've been to the grocery store like a few times right after lifting heavy when you're kind of just like everything is spent and you're walking around like you pooped yourself and people and you're covered in chalk and what? people are looking yeah. like sometimes I've left my knee sleeves on or something and like walked around and people are looking at me like I always forget what to take my knee sleeves happened? off and I must look so weird in the grocery store but what's, what they call it like you know the the deadlift shuffle like after you've done a whole bunch of heavy deadlifts or something I feel like I waddle like a pregnant person mm-hmm. like a little bit like <laughs> yeah so I there's something about that that I really like there you go. It's just kind of like a pat on the back of like, congratulations, you did some work. And I'm like, yeah, now grow legs, grow. grow. Yes, well, that's true. <laughs> grow the legs. So slightly different from yours, but still, you know, hey, worthy. you know, totally worthy. Okay, number nine. All right, number nine. Um, so I love lifting because it provides me with seemingly like endless amounts of goals. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I'm never at a loss for, like, something new to work on or, like, a new number to hit or a new lifting skill or a kind of lift. Um, and I think along with those goals, lifting, because it's so wonderfully, like, systematic, like, it also provides you with how to reach those goals. So I love that, like, I can always pick up it, like, you know, oh, my, my overhead squat's great, like, Maybe I try to work toward better Cossack squats, all right? There's always something new to kind of look at for a goal. Um, and yet the system is the same. So I feel like it helps you achieve those goals, which then is like this endless cycle of motivation. And I think that kind of takes me back to the first time I ever walked into a CrossFit gym. And I walked through the door and I saw like a bunch of barbells stacked up and plates and some rowers and then kind of a big empty space and like a pull-up yeah. rig. And I was like, what even happens in here? <laughs> And I think the first day there was some kind of Olympic lifting and it just blew my mind. I was like, how is this so hard? I honestly felt like I had zero mind-body connection. I was like, what? I can't make this happen. Like, why is it look so beautiful for this person over here and I can't make this happen? And it just suddenly like clicked. Like, wow, there is just like endless things to learn and endless different ways to get stronger. And even if like, you know, you've got beautiful technique in a particular lift, then suddenly you're going to get to this weight that once upon a time was just like, Oh, that's a huge weight. And then you suddenly you're there and you're like, okay, well there's, there's more weight. I mean, I remember, I mean, this is eight years ago at least, right? Almost, gosh, I'm coming on almost nine years since starting CrossFit, like the snatch, right? Olympic lift, like the PVC, and then, like, maybe, like, a 10-pound training bar and how hard that was eight years ago. I love coaching Olympic lifting when you see somebody who's completely green and, like, they're back at that phase, like, I don't know how to coordinate this. is so this weird. Yeah, my movement. body doesn't know what it's doing. And then if you see them regularly over time and all of a sudden, like, they start to get different bits of it and it comes together and you progress from the PVC to a barbell and they're hooked. And, yeah. like, you know, there's... For example, at our gym, there's like a whole range of different people. There's definitely a lot of older people there too. And some people who want to just continue to get stronger and stronger. And some people are happy to kind of come in and move. But like, I don't know one person that doesn't get excited 
when they move some heavy weight. Yeah. And that heavy weight is relative to them on a given exactly. day. It's not yeah. like if you can't deadlift 300 pounds, get out of here. You're not lifting heavy. It's like if granny comes in mm-hmm. and lifts a hundred pound deadlift. Awesome. That's huge. That's huge. Yep. I love it when I see like there was in my our previous gym, there was a lady, she came and she dropped in and she joined a class and she was like down for like to try anything and then she started talking about how she was like a week out from a lifting meet and she was hoping to break the record for like the 70 something age group for the deadlift oh my god that's crazy and i was like oh i love it this is so cool and i was just like i hope i can still do that yeah because that's the thing right like built into those goals is like well even if i've reached i don't know lifting numbers that i'm totally satisfied with now the goal then becomes I want to be able to do that when I'm 45 years old and 50 years old and 55 years old. So it's, yeah, it's sort of this endless. And I think you make a good point that like, you have goals. <laughs> even if it's a lifting day and you just are tired and maybe you haven't slept well or you're stressed out or your hip flexes a shot or whatever it is, <laughs> there's like, you can scale back weight and then work on technique. I mean, for anybody who's done an Olympic lifting technique class and you spend 30 minutes working with a PVC, it's crazy it's hard. exhausting. Yep. So, yeah, there's endless possibilities. And, and I always... love deload weeks. So I love those weeks where I lower the weight. I know you don't love deload weeks as much as me. I don't think that's on your list. You did no. right. I love deload weeks where I, I lower not. the weight and focus on technique. <laughs> Hannah, I would have I thought love... you'd put that. I, well, I think I have something about... Technique, but um, <laughs> I didn't specifically use the word deload. Got it. Okay. All right. So what's your number nine? Okay. My number nine, actually, this is this is definitely one that is out of whack. Um, I'm actually going to steal, I'm going to shuffle around because I didn't write mine in, in good order. And this, what I have at number nine is definitely way higher up the list. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to just, I, I also had um, always something to learn on my list. So I'm just going to like piggyback off of what you said and be like, yep, yeah, that was definitely on my list too. All right. Perfect. Number eight. Um, so this one, I mean, this is similar, but I ended up uh, separating them because I was like, it's actually kind of different than the goals because of what it, uh, what it also accomplishes for me. So slightly different. Um, it also provides me the ability to learn endless different skills. So not just like goals and weights, but actually those skills. And the ones I was thinking about, the reason it's different to me is that Olympic lifting um, and a lot of different weight training, strength training things we do um, actually get you things that have nothing to do with the numbers, like just coordination and balance and agility. So those other kinds of physical skills that are not weight related. Um, and I, I thought about those because doing things in the gym also has like helped like skills help me face fears. Mm-hmm. So years ago, I was ter- I, I was afraid of heights. And someone suggested like taking up rock climbing, right? Like that seems like a thing. You, you expose yourself to heights. So I took up rock, rock climbing. It didn't get rid of my fear of heights, but it, um, it made me trust the equipment and trust the skills that I was learning, right? Like so I still felt safe doing it. And I was like, that's actually in some ways cooler than not being afraid of it anymore because I learned how to do it while afraid, Mm -hmm. which is almost like a cooler skill, right? So I think of in the gym, like practicing muscle ups, 
getting above the bar and being that far above the ground is like still scary for me as an I've adult. Got, I've got beyond the fear of um, that, but I remember the first time I did go up there, I was just like, oh, right? my so God, like, somebody. <laughs> yeah. So like beyond the weight, those skills, they teach you to like trust yourself and trust your body. And so I don't know. I, I, I wanted to differentiate that, I guess, with, with my number eight, because I, I think that's cool. And I have had it's like some people argue, actually, uh, I've had this argument with another coach it was like, I don't see why, you know, everybody needs to be, like, snatching or should be mm, snatching yeah. or whatever. And yeah. I was like, well, sure. Like, in everyday life, a snatch is, there's not much, you know, maybe picking something up with the ground and putting it overhead. But the skills that come with Olympic lifting, like like you said, balance, totally. speed, and coordination. Yeah. Being able to have that control over your body and challenging yourself to continue to learn that and like push the boundaries of it as you age. Yeah. That's really important. Absolutely. Like, yes, a snatch of all the things we do in CrossFit and CrossFit is, you know, by definition supposed to be functional movements. A snatch is like, you know, it's not really something you do a lot in your, in your daily life. But it's true. It's like being able to pick something up, have it overhead, and still keep your body stable is huge. And actually, I remember having a conversation once with someone who, um, it was more about like, you know how kids love to be picked up from the ground and then like kind of tossed up above your head mm-hmm. or or your dogs, if you do that with your dogs, um, which Every I know your husband do. does. I, I've <laughs> seen you both do that with Dory, right? But I mean, that's kind of like a snatch, something from ground to overhead. Like mm-hmm. there are definitely functional things. So I mean, I don't that's what I always bring up when people say not everyone should be snatching or I don't know. So I'm my my number <laughs> my number eight is is taking a little left turn at the traffic lights <laughs> away from like back the, to keg stands no no quite keg stands <laughs> but um so for my number eight I had put down that it is sort of somewhat socially acceptable to pee on the floor <laughs> that's a great one. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. For, yes. I mean, like guys are probably like eye roll, never socially acceptable. Right. But but if you have ever lifted suitably heavy, yeah. Whether it's like a heavy ass deadlift, catching at the bottom of myself doing a deadlift, catching the bottom of a heavy clean. a heavy ass squat, squat clean. clean. Yep. Oh, good lord! I mean, like I now like I kind of like measure my my PR <laughs> status by being like. Oh, I used to pee at this level, but now I don't. Now I can hold oh, it. Oh, interesting. And now I'm at this level where it's like maybe a little, but not like anything you're going to notice. And then it's like, you know that the next lift is probably going to be like, if you don't like peeing on the floor, look away. <laughs> I like that. We, I, I find we always talk about, uh, you know, in, in, in coaching and stuff, the in, in nutrition, it's like non-scale victory. So even if the number doesn't change. So for you, it's like, okay. A 155-pound squat clean used to make me pee, but now it doesn't. So that's a PR, That's actually, even if it's the same weight. <laughs> that's my number for, like, it's probably going to be, like, a little There's bit. peeing, yeah. That's, yeah. It's, like, the kind of, it's right around, kind of, if you get much past 100 straight double unders, then it's probably time to uh, start, like, clenching as hard as you can. You get to 100? I, yeah, no. My I, number's around, like, 60 for double unders, where I'm trying to, like, if I didn't go right before the workout. <laughs> I used to be, like, 40 or 50. Yeah. But now, like, 100 is yeah. is pretty fine. Um, But, yeah, no, like, I, I, I genuinely kind of give myself, like, weight 
PRs and then, and then piddle PRs. Piddle PRs. Oh my god. That should but be I a mean, hashtag, seen... by the way. Hashtag piddle, piddle PRs. PR. But I've seen like, you know, I remember it going viral, like I think it was a regionals event or something when Lauren Fish had caught a yeah. epically heavy squat clean and then Eat on the floor. You know, you there's something's gotta give sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I mean I've seen like I feel like Annie Annie Thor's daughter. Like I feel like yeah, there have been games athletes where it's like, cool. That's okay then. And you know what? If you've gotten under that barbell, <laughs> I would rather let the pee go than the barbell go. Because absolutely, like, that's a who wants to lose a good PR just because they were worried about a little piddle? So there you go. Yeah, that was on my list. That made it to my list. <laughs> Number seven. <laughs> Number seven. Okay. Uh, this is good. We're, I'm going to swing the pendulum, go back to a little bit of like, I mean, it's a little more serious, I guess, but um, I really love lifting because it changed my idea about the kind of body I wanted. Um, and... There was like a meme or something I saw someone share online recently that just said, um, strong gives you the life you thought skinny would. Mm -hmm. And I just like, it was really struggling because it's true. It's like, I used to have, um, I mean, we've joked about this, right? I've always been a little bit bigger, big boned, things big like boned. that. Um, and so I always sort of had this idea that just like, okay, I'm just, this is normal. I'm a little, you know, I'm a little overweight or, you know, that's what people told me and doctors were like, okay, you're on, you know, this part of the scale. And, and that was all I really had to go with. And so I think with weight and weight lifting, it like totally changed. Yeah. The idea of like what my body can, can hold, right? Like the kind of weight it can hold physically, like lifting weight in my hands, but also just on my body frame that, um, yeah, weightlifting, like, being strong totally changed the way I thought, like, oh, this is the way my body wants to be. Like, yeah. I'm not overweight. I'm just, like, I'm, I'm strong. I mean, it is true. Mass moves mass. When mass you look moves at, mass, like, the like... heavy end of the Olympics where they're lifting real big numbers, they're not small people. Yeah. They oh, yeah, They are big, strong people. Yeah. And, like, that's one thing, you know, I will how, how, forever have a fight to be, like, bigger and stronger like I'm decently strong but just like my body type right you want to grow your it's legs not more, right? like, like, you're like I want. you know like you and my husband Dave are built with like very powerful frameworks like you're both kind yeah. of very much designed to be lifters right like if you wanted to pursue that you have like great proportions in terms of like arm leg length leg and like just the yeah. general muscle mass you can carry to be good lifters whereas like I'm definitely not that sort of weightlifting particular body type yeah. I'm in constantly endeavoring to be um but you know and, it, and that's like a super fascinating thing with like watching the CrossFit games and looking mm -hmm. at you know the the very best athletes are not necessarily the very best in one category yeah they're good across the board but then you see the ones that are particularly good at one Thing, like right. the weightlifters and then the gymnast people and and it's always fascinating to look at their body types like you look at sam briggs right yeah. who is an incredible athlete the yeah. engine on her is insane insane but try as she might she will never be able to lift in yeah. the way that you know someone like amanda barnhart can Right, exactly. Yeah, whatever their sort of like one rep max lifts in, in the open or, or the games or something, yeah, that's where her limitation I mean, she can is, still but... lift way more than I oh, ever yeah, could even sure. <laughs> consider lifting. But, you know, it's just yeah. fascinating, you know, when yeah. you learn to love, like one thing I always talk about when I'm nutrition coaching is like finding your superpower, like finding a way to learn right. what you've got, learn to love yeah. what you've got. Yeah. 
and what it can do and like for the rest of us you know like for me looking in I will strive and strive and strive to get better at lifting but you know that's not my god-given superpower so to speak yeah it's something that I absolutely love working yeah, towards your god-given superpower is doing a ridiculous amount of double unders and toast bar like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah cool all right uh what, what number were we on seven uh, this is your seven my seven. Ooh. I like this one. Um, group celebrations that erupt upon someone lifting heavy. And it's like, I love that moment in the gym when like, and it's almost kind of, you sense it. You don't even have to see it. Like Mm -hmm. when somebody's not like looking necessarily, but somebody else is picking up something really heavy. And then just like, everyone's like, cheering and clapping. And that's just so much fun. We had that fun moment at the last ladies workout where you were, well, tricking people, not telling them how much weight was on the bar. <laughs> I Anna did. likes to trick people into PRing. <laughs> well, there, I, in my little group, there's two wonderful athletes who I know can kind of, we all do it to a certain degree. Like, yeah. you load your barbell in a certain way, so you know exactly what's on there. And then everyone has, for different lifts, you have a number where you're like, this is my oh shit number. Yeah. Where when yeah. I get here, it's going to be really hard and I might game. not make it. Yeah. And then you talk yourself out of it. So... Um, I had everyone doing this lifting complex, which we'd done before. And the goal was this time to try and better your, your lift. So the two ladies I was working with, um, I basically stacked up their barbell in a weird way. Didn't (laughs) tell them what was on it. And I was just like, go. Go. And they both exceeded expectations by a good amount. They both beat themselves and like the whole room erupted. Yeah, exactly. It was such a great moment. And they were happy, of course, like in the moment when you're picking up something that's really heavy, it's it's tough and it's hard and it's disgusting sometimes and, you, you know, but when you do it, there's no other feeling like it. But the whole group celebration, the fact that that kind of effort gives off so much energy that it's impossible not to celebrate somebody lifting something heavy. I love that. That is so good. So that was my number seven. Number right. six. Number six. Um, so because of lifting, I am just much more useful as a person. <laughs> so um, at work, I am known as one of the few people that's really comfortable changing those giant water bottles on <laughs> the water dispenser. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got kind of like big boxes of swag that we give out to students and stuff like that. And like, I'm always the one that's like, okay, Rachel will is fine climbing that ladder and bringing down a big heavy box of like tote bags, um, moving furniture. Like my partner and I just put up some pretty weighty bookshelves on the wall, stuff like that. Like it's just, it's so useful, right? To be able Mm -hmm. to do stuff. And I actually remember, I mean, this is a different kind of thing of moving furniture, but also everybody thinks about this, whether or not they admit it. If the zombie apocalypse came, how long would you survive? And what kind of like, crew would you need around you to have your best chance and I always think back to my first CrossFit the the first the CrossFit gym their onboarding program like a six-week CrossFit onboarding was called ZAT zombie apocalypse training and it was literally like okay what do you need you need to be able to like run at least 5k at a decent clip you know to outrun zombies lift stuff climb over walls so it was like this whole hilarious idea but it but it's true right like being strong is just useful all over the place 
Yeah, I always, like, when I was younger and, like, would watch my dad always do most of, like, manual stuff. And yeah. then my mom would, like, pass nails or something. Right, like, hand, hand me the hammer. Hand me the nail. Like, and I, I Jeff can tell like, me, Rachel, hold that bookshelf up high on the wall to, like, let me see where I need to put the screw. <laughs> and I was always, like... Even from a young age, before I was really even aware of, like, differences between men and women and, like, social, like, stereotypes and what was acceptable and what was not, which has changed since then. I'm quite old. Um, <laughs> but I was always like, I, I want to be the one doing the stuff. Like, I want to yeah. carry my own shit. Like, I want to, like, go if I buy a bunch of groceries, you better believe I'm going to carry all right. of that shit. And yeah. if I'm traveling and I got a big-ass heavy bag, I'm going to carry it myself. And if you're running late for your plane, you better be able to carry it quickly. Like, And there's nothing so more annoying talking about planes when people pack the biggest carry-on and then they can't, can't lift freaking it. pick it up and put right? it in the overhead locker. Yes. I'm like, I, I, that I mean, would I'm, be my test yeah. when people are checking in. I'd be oh like, my goodness. Can, can you pick that bag up? There. Because if you cannot, check it. Yeah. I'm always happy <laughs> to help people on an airplane. I, you know, I, I jump in and help. You know, but it is weird when you see people that like, I mean, again, this is like probably judgy stereotyping, but when you see someone that you're like, you look young and decently abled, right? Like, why can't you lift that yourself? If I saw it, if I see like an elderly person or somebody with an injury or disability, I will absolutely help them. But if some ding dong packed a bag that they could not pick up, that's on you. (laughs) You put that thing up there. Or next time, take a little bag on the plane with you and just freaking check it. Right. <laughs> That's why I am not air crew. No, no. Well, yeah. Off. And you're right. That's actually a good point. Because, like, flight attendants, too. Like, sometimes I, like, and this is, again, I'm stereotyping the other direction. Sometimes I see a flight attendant where I'm like, oh, you look quite small. Like, you don't look strong. And then they'll come jump in and help someone. And they're just like, boom, it goes straight up there. They're, like, actually really strong. And I was like, well, that's good. You were... You're, you are useful in your profession. <laughs> so, you yeah, go. being useful. Being useful. Um, six? Number six. Six. Yeah. Okay, you're what's six. you got? No, you're six. That was my, my six. six. That, you oh. actually, you're six. <laughs> okay, um, my six. Just feeling powerful. Like, I was thinking about this the other day. We were doing, like, touch and go power cleans. And I'm not good at power cleans. So I was trying to make little adjustments as I went to make make my technique better and make it feel better. And like one thing I corrected slightly was like really like driving my feet through the ground as I pick the barbell off the ground so that I feel like I'm owning that barbell and not going like, oh my God, this is heavy. Right. And then everything goes to shit. So just that feeling. And it struck me. There was one power clean, one out of many that I feel like was really good. <laughs> and it made the weight feel super light. Um... And I realized that the the difference was like how I like pushed the weight away by through my feet, and I was like, "That's a really great sensation." Mm-hmm. I guess it's the same way as like deadlifting something heavy when you're just That's, like literally yeah. just jamming your feet into the ground. That is just what it. I was thinking, right? Like I recently we did the CrossFit total, and I hit a deadlift number that I have hit once before, but probably only once. And I needed it because it was the, the last remaining five pounds to get my CrossFit total to 600. And that was my cue. I was like, just push the earth away. Like, right? Like, so I wasn't going to worry about my back or think about rounding shoulders. I was just like, just freaking push my legs into the ground, right? Push the ground away. It's such a cool cue because mm-hmm. you're right. It 
totally changes the sensation of how that barbell felt. Yeah, because if you pick up a heavy barbell and you're trying to like lift it off the ground, right? It's it, like your arm. It's the perception too much. Of, yeah, it's like, and then, then as soon as you get that like huh in your head, it's yeah. kind of game over. Yeah, because you're yeah. Then your then your arms it's are like, like permission being pulled to quit. down exactly, and it's it's such a cool yeah. I love that feeling. So yeah, powerful. feeling powerful. Now five. Okay, so that actually that 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 leads so nicely into my five. It's it's similar, but it's out in the world. Like I just be, like because I'm strong because I lift. I just feel better like walking around in the world. Like I feel um, like I just move easily. Like when I started last year focusing more on like core strength, I just felt like I walked a little taller. I right like I was just I moved more easily. Um, and along with that is like, because this also happened last year when during the pandemic, we couldn't really train as much. Um, for a long time, I pretty much did no training other than walking. And I started waking up with those like random aches and pains where you mm-hmm. don't know where they come from. That's like, not the good. No, exactly. I thought I of your soreness, about. which is like, right, because this is the opposite where you wake up and you have like a like low back pain or shoulder pain that's mysterious. You're like, oh, what's wrong with me? So I don't have that anymore, right? It's the good kind of soreness that you talked about, which is, and it's so much better to know why you're sore than to be like, oh crap, like what is this from? Um, And it's similar to like, I remember when I cleaned up my diet for the first time doing kind of challenges at the gym, things that I didn't even think about started happening. Like I stopped getting heartburn Mm -hmm. and I never really thought about that because people live with heartburn like all day every day some people right it's just like a thing that they accept as part that's normal and i think waking up with low back pain is also something that's just accepted as normal so i love that like it yeah it allows me to just move more easily in the world and like understand what's going on i definitely and you know if you're if you're stronger from like moving weight you do just carry yourself better it's easier to do that yeah you become more aware because if you're mm-hmm. lifting, you know, it, like anytime you're lifting any kind of heavy weights, dumbbells, barbells, whatever it is, you have to be really aware of your form and yeah. your posture and like how you're loading your body yeah. so that you don't hurt yourself. Right. Which then carries over another carryover into everyday life about just having more awareness of your body and how you're holding yourself and like. I know if I'm sitting at a desk for a while and I start to like hunch over, I'm like, oh, you're like, whoops, that's correct. That, so I like it. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, your number five. Number five, which was number nine, and I switched it. Got it. Okay, uh-huh. it's been bumped up. So we're going back to um, more of an Olympic lifting focus on this one, and it's those magical moments when you get the barbell to like float. Oh yes. And. For anybody who does an Olympic lift, I remember when I first ever started to try and like the coach was telling me all about, you know, when you get this down, you're going to have that moment of weightlessness, which is when you pull yourself under the bar. And I was like, what in God's name that, are you talking about? Because how, like, is, how is 100 pounds or 150 pounds just going to float there? Yeah, like, like that doesn't <laughs> defies gravity. I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen. And I'm still very much an amateur and somewhat terrible weightlifter. But every now and again, I will get it right. Yeah. And you will feel that moment. And it's just like, <laughs> and it's just literally just, it, it is magic. Yeah. And it's incredible. And it's just like so 
so cool. Not just like the feeling of this weightlessness and the barbell, but the thinking about all of the teeny tiny little movements you had to make and how long that took to learn to get everything just right. Yep. So that that all falls into place. Yep. The perfect moment where it all comes together. Because I mean, especially with something like snatching, you know, there's always that joke that like, what happened? How do you snatch? Well, it's like, okay, the first pull and then something magical happens and then it's over your head. <laughs> like, yeah. right? Like, and that's true. There are those moments where everything perfectly comes together. You're not thinking about the pulls or thinking about the shrug or, but it just, yeah, coalesces. And that is, a and good, as somebody who's had one. to unlearn and relearn, cause I had some terrible habits. Like when I do get those moments, it is just like, it's such an awesome it's feeling. It's so cool. It leads to a group celebration, even if there's nobody there. Right? I imagine my friends, <laughs> my audience cheering. <laughs> That's true, actually. I don't know if we've talked about that on the podcast before, but you, you do kind of, you, you tend to PR alone. Yeah, or in very small. Yes, with Disney music playing, whereas I, like, I get the, like, adrenaline of competition. So, like, my PRs, like, my heaviest ever power clean was, like, in a competition. Hannah's the opposite. It's, like... Although I did, alone my recent with... squat clean PR was in class, and there were six other people in the room. But they probably weren't focused on you. They, but were, they were focusing on their own squat there clean. There was only about, like, maybe two people looking my way, and they yeah. were nowhere, they weren't in my peripheral vision. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Like, And I, I have it t- um, said to people in the past, I remember a while ago doing a competition, being like, do not let me see you. Don't look at me. When I'm Don't trying to lift. Yeah. Like if I see you, it is all over. <laughs> yeah. So I mean yeah. like obviously shows that there's a hole in my game and I need to work that and like not let people watching me have an effect. Yeah. Is this it's hard, hard like with a block coach, people like, out though. Like staring at, down at you. Oh yeah. Like, Go away. <laughs> yeah, weightlifting class last week where coach was like, "You're not shrugging, Rachel." I was like, oh crap, and then and then just stood there staring at me. I was like, I guess this time I better shrug. Like, <laughs> so yeah, there it is. Magical moments. I like it. Magical moments. That's a good number five. Okay, we're on the we we've done both our fives. We're on the home stretch now. Um, okay, so four uh, for me is I absolutely love lifting because it is the most amazing stress relief. No offense to all you runners out there who say running is the best stress relief. Um, lifting heavy shit is so good. Um, so it's it's a you know it's a little cheesy to say it this way, but like lifting heavy things allows you to put other weight down, right? Like other things that are on your mind um, when you're focusing. Certainly on something like Olympic lifting, it's almost mindfulness or meditative because you really can't be distracted thinking about anything else like you're focused on your breath and on your movement um which i just love and i i started crossfit toward the end of a doctoral program i was in so i was like writing my dissertation and man when i was like pissed at my dissertation advisor or like just frustrated like i would i'd I'd have really good sessions in the gym. Mm-hmm. So I love, I put that one pretty high because I was like, even though maybe I don't think about that as often, I know that's like one of the most beneficial things for me. And I always find like after you've done a good lifting session, even if you weren't like feeling like highly stressed, but if you were maybe in like not a great mood, mm-hmm. just feeling a little pissy about things. Yeah. Like, if I go in, like, every now and again, I can't get past that, and I'll go in and try and lift, and it will go to shit, and then I'll yeah. be in more bad mood. But yeah. most of the time, 
will go in and lift or indeed like a workout but there is yeah. like an element where you get to move weight it enhances this where you come out and you can't help but feel better like you yeah. do feel like just more you have better clarity of thought and like i'm not hung up on whatever stupid thing was bothering me before yeah i've moved that out the way and now i can get on with my day which is why i love to lift and work out in the first in thing the in the morning. morning absolutely it's so true because i think it also there's like a stress relief domino effect because i feel like if i if i lift in the morning and i lift heavy other i start doing other things that also decrease my stress like i sleep better right when i'm working out when i lift heavy it's like i'll usually sleep better on those nights um i'll probably eat better or i'll eat more right i'll fuel myself appropriately because i'll be hungry um so yeah i feel like it's like this great overall kind of stress relief system that happens agreed uh cool okay my number four is surprise prs like when you're like you can get out of your own way where you take the pressure off yourself and then you go and do something and be like holy shit (laughs) i had no clue i could do that or you suddenly realize that you just did something that maybe with even with the last year you would consider to be like truly incredible so and then you just it it happens and you're like wow i never thought i'd be able to do that and do you have an like what's an example from for you for that um have you surprised yourself lately I surprised, actually I've surprised myself twice this year. Like, so I have a really hard time being in like an overhead squat position. So like a squat snatch has been pretty much like non-existent for most of my lifting days. Um, I'm stretching now. Announcements, (laughs) I now stretch. So maybe it's That's the surprise from the end of the episode. We're just going to tell you that Hannah is stretching, stretching now for the first time in her life. Uh, yeah, but... I realize I'm too old <laughs> to get away with stuff. And you can follow her journey of stretching. Um, but, you know, so it's a really tough position for me. Then at the beginning of this year, I will honestly say that I don't think that I could legitimately squat snatch a barbell. Empty. 35 pounds. Like, okay. I could snatch okay. it and ride the elevator down. Right. Ding, ride ding, it down. Ding, ding, yes. Ding. Oh, made it. Finally. And yep. then, like, struggle bust out of it. But... Never had I really caught below parallel. How to catch it, yeah. And um, I made it to like 110 pounds earlier this year, which to go from like zero yeah, in the beginning not, of the year yeah. to over 100 pounds. That's awesome. I feel like I should be able to snatch considerably more, but until I actually can work on my mobility, I have the strength <laughs> to do it, and I can certainly overhead squat more than that out of a rack. Um but it's ugly. Um, it's yeah. like an epileptic jellyfish. <laughs> epileptic jellyfish. <laughs> so that was a surprise. Um, like just getting comfortable with doing that. And it's still like super hard to me. But like I try, I've now like started to try and enjoy when we do that rather than be like, oh God, this is something I can't do. And it's not something like I always get. Like sometimes I'm definitely like right at that parallel mark. Other times like, it happens and I'm like, woohoo, this is cool. And then I think squat cleaning, getting to numbers that I always thought were completely unimaginable. Yeah. Cause like my, I was so in my head with that lift for so long. Cause I kind of got, I got into really bad techniques. Yeah. When you have to, and I got stuck at weights and... that were just way lighter than they should ever have been. So like lifting became something that 
I resented and I hated because I would yeah. get like I would get so annoyed because I knew I had the potential to lift so much more weight, but I couldn't make it happen because it wasn't like the magic was not there. And hmm. it's still, you know, there's still a lot to tweak, but like lifting numbers now and I'm just like, damn. I I want more, but I also really never saw this coming either, so that's fun. I love it. That's great. And yeah. usually I get those moments when I'm alone. Right. Or with <laughs> just one other person and listening to something like Disney. And then there's a part of me that if I achieve these things, I never want to film it when I get close in case I, I miss and I have to be pissed. And yeah. I don't want people watching, but then when it happens, I'm like, who saw? Like, oh, I know. there's no one here. <laughs> I Yeah. I filmed my, la- my last attempt for prior to the CrossFit total that we did. I filmed my a one rep max back squat attempt and it was annoying because the video revealed that I didn't break parallel and I was like, damn it, I'm never videoing anything ever again. <laughs> so surprise PRs. I, surprise I PRs, it. all right. And, you know, it also just highlights that half of the battle of being able to, like, move weight is, mm-hmm. is do a head game. Yeah, for sure. So you have to, you have to, like, get out of your own way with, like, the correct positioning yeah and you have to get out of your own way with what your internal narrative is dude okay i'm gonna i'm gonna come back to that i feel like because that's like related to my number two it's related I feel, yeah. to my number one yeah because i feel like <laughs> right like sometimes we're focusing on actually stuff in the gym but i think yeah my favorite parts are like the way that translates into other parts of your life for sure Um, number three okay number three so this is other parts of my life again um it's a little more about vanity now but um i i'm pretty sure i just look younger because i lift oh for sure like right like i i know that like internally lifting is so good like you and i talk about this all the time like for women especially like it keeps our bones stronger it staves off osteoporosis um in CrossFit L1, like, right, they... Keeps they, your metabolism they higher. They talk about, muscle mass. you know, avoiding decrepitude. Like I your love body, that I word. love that word, too. Like, avoiding decrepitude. So, yeah, you don't want to, like, you know, so you can be, have longevity. So I know all that's happening internally, and that's great. That's, that is also part of number three. But the vanity part of it is I also just think I look younger. Like, staying strong and looking strong, I think... I don't know if it's just a perception thing. Like people just assume you're younger because we're also taught to think that aging makes you weaker, right? Like Mm -hmm. as people get old, they get weak. Um, And I love that as I get older, I'm getting stronger. So I think it, I don't know, it's, it's rewriting that, that narrative, that framework for me. So. But definitely um, is a, you know, when, when you have a strong looking body and you're in your forties and people are like, you're in your 40s? Right. It's like, yeah, that shit can stick around if you work at it. You don't have to turn 40 and it all just goes bleh. Yeah. Actually, I, I think, I, I know I've referenced, um, we've talked a little bit about different uh, Instagram, you know, accounts that we follow and stuff like that. So Wad Science are those guys over in Europe who do a lot of um, research, like kind of systematic trials, but they're related to CrossFit activities or, or lifting. And they just did, they just, shared it wasn't their research but they looped it into something they were doing on all this recent research that like actually there's no evidence that your metabolism naturally slows until like after 60. Yeah. Like it's like this joke that everyone was like oh as soon as you turn 
30 and then 40, your metabolism just tanks. And it's like, that was all a lie. It's not so (laughs) much, you know, once you get past 40, it's like not so much that your metabolism suddenly goes to bed. It's that people start moving less. Right. Like it's us. It's it's, exactly. And I think that's what it was. Move less. And then your nutrient, like nutrient partitioning goes to crap. And then, you know, maybe you drink a little more alcohol and that's what gets you. We do do that maybe, but... (laughs) But yeah, you're right. It's like those assumptions we made, now it's like, oh, I need research to confirm for me that no, it was actually just my own poor choices. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't. So yeah, so that's really been a game changer too of like, since I'm over 40 now, um, not not using excuses because I I can look and feel and on the inside be younger probably than other people my age. Heck yes. Um, okay, number three for me was falling in love with the the process and like the ah, endless practice and yep. just and that to me is so important. Like I, I definitely when I first started out in this sport was like all about oh I've got to set a number and chase that number and then I've got another number and I've got to chase that number and I need to be able to do this many of this thing and and like that's still there of course. Like I track everything I do and yeah. try to better it, but now. Like, I find genuine joy in the process of getting better. And, like, not just, like, oh, we're going to, like, work a particular technique, but also dealing with my own, like, okay, yes, this could be seen as really frustrating that I have to go and do this, like, one little piece of this lift or, you know, do this bit, this element of it that's not so much fun over and over and over again. But how do I find, like, something that I love in that? And that is such a cool thing as well to be able to take out of the gym and translate into other areas of life. Like, okay, I'm facing this thing that's going to be like a kind of slow, steady thing. How do I fall in love with it somehow so that I don't resent it and it's not boring and I don't quit on it? That's so Instead, good. I find something that I, you know, that I can look forward to because let's face it, we stick to the things that we enjoy doing. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're so right. Like, I mean, I, I feel like trust the process love the process those are the things that i've definitely learned through lifting and nutrition i'm shocked that that didn't come up on my list either because i'm like yeah you're right like that that absolutely and you know especially to so many other things especially now that i'm getting older and i feel like there are many 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 more prs this is not me saying i've reached the ceiling that's it all downhill from here (laughs) but like pr i've also been doing this long enough where like lifting prs for me well, you know, they don't come all the time anymore. Right. They're way harder Sometimes to get. I have a little flurry of them and then it'll be like nothing for yeah. ages. Yeah. Um, so if my whole focus was still about like, oh, I did this number that, that last week, so I've got to do it better this week or I've got to get one more rep at that this week. Yeah. Like that then becomes something that gets you back to frustration and starting to resent what you're doing. Yeah. Whereas like if you can shift your focus away, fall in love with the process and by doing that... At some point, you'll have your surprise PR when you're in the right. gym alone that, listening to Disney. <laughs> loving the process allows you to be set up for those surprises. <laughs> That's good. That's amazing. So yeah, number two. All right, number two. Okay, so this is this definitely is related to what you were saying about the head game too. Um, so my number two is just um, lifting has given me so much more confidence and not just confidence in my body. So like 
definitely the confidence to to move well, to lift heavy things, to do all the you know useful functional things in my life I want to do, but also um, just in general having confidence about like who I am and and what I can accomplish. And I think that head game piece you kind of said it better than kind of what I was thinking of through this, but um, it's been so important. The things I've learned through confidence at the gym have just they've extended to so many other parts of my life. Um, and so I was thinking about, uh, the, the sort of how that energy and confidence is often something we talk about. Other people can feel that, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you are a confident, you're around someone who's really confident and like has their shit together. You're like, whoa, like, yeah, like you feed off of it. It's motivating. Right. Um, and I was just thinking of like times at work, like there's this awesome moment um, that I wrote down because I didn't want to forget it. I was in a, for, for people on the podcast, I don't even know if we've ever talked about our day jobs, but so I do grants, right? I like help the college that I work for find large grants to fund the work that we do and programs. And I was working on a grant with someone at another institution we were partnering. And after the meeting was over, she was just like, Rachel, you know, I just want to thank you, um, for your fearlessness. Like she was like, you know, you, you're not afraid to go after these big grants and you, you make all the rest of us like want to do the hard work to get us there, to win them. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. And I was like, yeah, like, I, 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 it's not like I ever set out and said, oh, to be good at my job, I need to be fearless, right? Like it's not something that we think of probably in our day-to-day work. Um, but it's definitely something I learned at the gym, right? Like I mm-hmm. live out fearlessness because I try to put heavy weight above my head to like and that kind of you know not being not being afraid of shooting for really tough goals um that has led to like so much confidence in like other parts of my life and that's so cool very nice I'm not gonna go too much into that because then I will give away too much of my number I was gonna say I feel like we're getting my number two is the adrenaline rush like when you have managed to like put in the work through the process, quiet your mind, get rid of the fear, and lifted whatever it is you're lifting in whatever way you're lifting it, and it's like every fiber in your body has worked for that. And maybe it's not the prettiest thing you've ever done, but you complete the lift and you're probably like shaky as all hell. The adrenaline rush that comes from that is, that's my drug. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. But like, There's nothing quite like those feelings. It's like conquering yeah. fear or overcoming yeah. something that is like really, really hard. And I absolutely take that into everyday life. Of like, okay, this is... This is something that's going to be tough. This is going to feel kind of shitty. Yeah. It's going to be uncomfortable. But I it's going know to be... it's going to be super uncomfortable. Yeah. It's going to require me to be mentally uncomfortable. It's going to require me to be physically uncomfortable. Yeah. But I know that, and maybe I'm not going to get it the first time I try or the second time right? I try. Right. That's also the great goal. But if like, I fail it the yep. first time, that doesn't mean I should quit and walk away. Yeah. Maybe I have to wait a couple of days or whatever or maybe I give it myself a couple of minutes and I tighten it up and I always tell myself like what is the worst that can happen yeah let's go and that like rush of like it's kind of going back to like feeling powerful too just, right. just like I overcame something yeah 
And that is, that's addictive. It totally is. And yeah, I mean, I agree. It's like thinking too of like places where I see that play out in, in at work or in other places too, is like, because part of my job is like applying for things that you don't always win. Mm -hmm. Like the idea too, of just like learning how to be like, I'm going to try that again. Right. Like just even that simple lesson of you do hard things. Sometimes they don't go right. Sometimes you fail and then you try again. And it's like, like how, you know, sort of like, rather than if you do fail at it, you tried, mm-hmm. great. But then rather than be like, well, I failed, I, I, I should quit. I should quit. It's like yeah. there's, there's sort of a, not quite as exciting adrenaline rush, but there's another sort of adrenaline rush yeah. where you go, okay, what did I do wrong here? What can I learn from this? Yeah. How do I make myself better? And now we have some more pointers to like inject back into the process, knowing that like, okay, Mm -hmm. I've literally like one little tweak away from making that happen. Yeah. So now it's exciting because I have some feedback. I love, so in the CrossFit Games this past year, um, the one rep snatch event was definitely one of the most exciting and emotional and crazy things to watch. Like it was so cool. Um, And in that they had a certain amount of time and they could have two attempts, right? Mm -hmm. And I was really struck by, as the numbers got heavier and heavier too, how many people missed the first attempt shook it off, refocused in really no more than like 15 or 20 seconds to like fit it all in that window and actually got it on their second attempt. And I am not good at that. Like if I'm pushing close to my one reps and I miss, I usually don't try again. I usually just call it, right? I'm like, okay, I guess I'll take the next number down. And when I was watching that event, I was like, I gotta, I gotta do better trying again. Well, that's why I was super proud when I got my squat clean PR recently and like, I put on the weight and I was like, whew, okay, here it goes. Yep. And the first attempt, like, I pulled it plenty high, but I just, I paused in that moment of weightlessness that I mentioned earlier and dropped it. And, like, I stepped away and for a hot second, I was like, I don't know, this is maybe, like, a reach. Right. And then just I was like, it. nope, nope, you can get, you can do this. Mm-hmm. Like, physically, you can do this. Yeah. And so I was like, all right. Because you got it to the point of weightlessness. That's, that's And I got, <laughs> like, I, I had, like, one minute. And I was like, I don't want to leave this too long because then I will Get figure out head. how to talk myself yeah. out of it. But I was like, yeah. okay, turn around. I walked away from my barbell, took a deep breath, reset my belt, walked up to it, and nailed the damn thing. And I was just like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? There like, we so go. it is. That, like, trying it again, doing that thing, that is, yeah. And yes, there was pebble. <laughs> it was a piddle PR, everyone. It was a piddle PR. Was there Disney music playing? There actually wasn't. I can't right. remember what music go. was playing. It can happen without it. Yeah. That's good too, to PR without the same music on each time because you don't want to tie it to the music too much. Yeah. All right. All right. Number one. These have all been so good. Like, I feel like, right, and I'm sure people can tell why it was hard to, like, order these because I do feel like, you know, that last one of mine is, it's not like it's that much more important. Um, but the reason I put this next one at number one is because this, um, this one is so much more about other people in the rest of the world, not just about me, um, which some of these have been just more about, you know, me personally. Um, but the top thing I love about lifting is that being a strong woman in particular, so being strong, but a strong woman um, totally changes the conversation and the culture around like strength, power, femininity, what it means to be a woman. 
um, years ago, and actually, yeah, Hannah, you'll remember this because you were with me at one of these. For a number of years, I volunteered at Girls Inc., uh, which is this amazing organization. Um, their motto is uh, making girls strong, smart, and bold. Um, and I think a lot of our, our these kind of top things are about that that strong and bold part. Um, but I did a demonstration. It was like a CrossFit kind of mini class for kids uh, around Women and Girls in Sports Day, which is like a national uh, day in, in the winter. Um, and this girl told me that you have muscles like my brother. It was this like five-year-old kid. She was so cute. And she was just like, reach up, touch our muscles. I don't, I don't know if that was the one that you were with me at, but they, mm-hmm. there were definitely comments made the same time you came with me because back then I also didn't really look as defined probably muscularly, but you did. Um, and having these girls look at my body and be like, that's what I associate with my brother or my dad or like, or with men, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the, like men are supposed to be strong. And it was so cool to like do that class and be like, actually, no, like you can be that strong too. And Everyone you should be that be strong. strong. Um, and just like seeing it click on their little faces of like, oh, like I can do fun stuff. Like I had little mini kettlebells and they were running them around like an obstacle course. Um, so just this idea of like, yeah, like we are totally changing the world in a way with this. The same way CrossFit changed it for me, like lifting changed my own ideas about my own body. Um, so I really feel like I also feel like I need to keep being strong because people are watching people notice like my my little nieces notice my Mm -hmm. little nephews they're gonna notice and I don't know so that's that's like a huge motivating thing that I love just about yeah being being who I am because I started lifting that's pretty cool right I feel like yeah we get we're getting we're getting (laughs) strong and sappy at the end here but yeah yeah um okay so my number one um, which I kind of like have dipped a toe into already is this is my favorite thing about lifting. It's my favorite thing to coach when I'm like teaching other people to lift is the mental game. Yep. Because you are always talking about it. It's your true. brain can either enable you to do incredible things or prevent you from doing incredible things. And like, I feel like this is tied into almost everything we say. Like even your comment about like, the young girls at Girls Inc. going, yep. Oh wow, has a shift in thinking here. Like I can do this too. Yep. But just like when you approach a heavy weight with the wrong mindset, it's gonna feel overwhelming. When you approach something in life that is difficult, whether it's a personal thing, a professional thing, whatever it is, with the wrong mindset, it's difficult. When you have a strong mind mm-hmm. coupled with a strong body, I mean, it, you know, weak body, strong mind, you're going to give it a good shot, but you, you still got to have the strong body. But when you have that strong mental game and you can just put a pause on like negative self-talk or like an, an inner narrative that doesn't serve you in that moment and you can like override that and just like mm-hmm. envelop yourself in this like concept of I am strong from the inside out, it is freaking incredible what you can do and all you got to do is look at like look at the olympics oh yeah and like especially like the the smaller weight class categories where you Mm -hmm. have pretty small humans humans who weigh less than i do and the amount of weight that they can move and the fact that they're standing on a stage representing a nation in front of billions of people yeah and they move weight 
that is like considerably like three more, times their three body weight, times like stuff their like body that. Weight, it's crazy. And they're able to like have that control over their thoughts and their mental game to like just focus it in on exactly where it needs to be in that moment to overcome, you know, the weight and the expectation and just like the gravity of the moment. And that strong mental game, that ability to just like quiet mm-hmm. and focus, that's like an insane skill to have outside of the every gym. other part of your life, right? Yeah. I mean, I think like, gosh, I can think of so many examples just in like CrossFit competitions too, right? Like when you see the way people react when they get no repped or like, right? Like mm-hmm. something that disrupts the flow of a workout. And I think, um, I mean, well, actually it's, it's something they could really easily go out and watch the transformation. Um, I can't remember what the first documentary was called, but the second documentary, the CrossFit documentary, Redeemed and the Dominant, where between those years, Tia Claire Toomey went from like self-deprecating, super hard on herself, had a really wonky mental game to like correcting that getting a strong mental game to become like the most dominant female crossfitter ever. Like mm-hmm. the transformation between those two years at the games for her was insane. I mean, she, and... she for example, she is insanely physically fit. She is insanely yeah. physically yeah. strong. But if her mental yep. bit, the bit between her ears is out of whack, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, she placed way below, like, I, I don't remember what her actual like placement was those years, but it was like, yeah, it was below where she should have been. Well, you know, should is always a tricky thing. But but yeah, it was pretty widely accepted and known that, like, she beat herself. Mm-hmm. She beat and like, herself. And it was like... I mean, like, for me, for yeah. example, everybody knows that I have a really tough time regulating my body temperature. I am cold <laughs> a lot of the time. And you don't sweat and during I workouts. I don't sweat it's very well. weird. But, like, my, my family, people who know me, are always like, how on earth did you ever sail around the world? And, like, sail in, like... <laughs> extreme latitude temperatures with and, like you know spray on being you all cold the time and yeah. wet because you're you know it gets to like 60 degrees here and i'm like oh blankets and i'm like <laughs> nothing about me really I, i'm i'm more muscular than i used to be but like nothing about me has changed in my ability to deal with a temperature right. apart from mindset like when i'm in the middle of an ocean on a boat there is no letting in any kind of thoughts of like <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, you don't have an option. So it's like... I got to focus on other things and quiet that noise Mm -hmm. and choose to be able to respond rather than just react. Right? And that is something that I'm always going on about with like people like Coach Bulwark, with like my nutrition clients is like learning to be able to give yourself the space to respond to something rationally rather than just react React emotionally is just immensely powerful. Yeah. And that's like, I love that. I, I, I love it when I'm coaching in the gym. I love it when I feel it for myself. But I love it when I'm coaching in the gym and I see like that moment where somebody actually turns that brain on, turns the focus on, and then suddenly does stuff that surprises the shit out of them. And like, I love it. Like when I'm trying to run lifting classes, like the last sort of few seconds, 15, 20 seconds before we do a lift is that I want people just like, focused and yep. quiet and not like chit-chatting and joking they're like oh okay i gotta lift now yeah like really focused and really just like qu- 
quietening the any kind of doubt they have, mm -hmm. like visualizing the lift and just going for it. Yeah. And it's just like the energy that you get from that too. If you have, especially if you have a room full of people who are really working hard on that, that's kind of, yeah. it kind of gives you that tingle. It does. And I, I mean, I love, it's like, so I joked earlier about like not always listening to Disney music because you don't want the music to like. Little Mermaid be, might be having but, a bad day. <laughs> but like, but it is, you know, there's, I think it's that same reason why, um, a lot of coaches talk about approaching the bar, how you approach the mm -hmm. bar, right? Like uh, what it means. So like, you know, in a deadlift, I was just reading an article about this, like you set your feet and you never move your feet. Set your feet first, then you bring the bar to your calves or your shins, right? And then you set your hands. Like there's a process to that. And I feel like more than setting yourself up physically, that's like having that quiet moment of a routine of like, I'm getting my head in the right spot too. Um, yeah, it's such a, it's, it, it is, it's a cool part of lifting. So try it, try it. So that's All right, that was 10. fun. That okay. Was fun. Top tens. Um, These are good. Before. So yeah, get out in the world and lift. Who knew? <laughs> if the all of those reasons so did beneficial. not convince y'all. Um, yeah. Yeah. You should lift, still try it. Lift more. <laughs> uh, so before we wrap this up, obviously we introduced an idea at the beginning of this podcast that we're going to try a little experiment. And um, that is, uh, it's, a, it's kind of like a little toe dip into the world <laughs> of uh, bodybuilding stuff. Um, so I have never prepared anybody to do like a bikini show or any kind a of physique, bodybuilding show. Yeah, like, a like I dabbled in some bodybuilding stuff when I got injured from CrossFit, but I've, I've never done that. And we joked about it a while ago in a few episodes back. Yeah. And... I kind of sort of had been toying with the idea of like, maybe just for funsies, I could try it on myself and see like if I could take six weeks and be like show ready. And that means show like, ready. that means like <laughs> going through the whole, like leaning out process, learning how to pose. I have literally no clue how to do that. Yep. That's the fun like, part. Y'all, I get to coach her in posing. Counting. That's, that's my research for this. Yeah. Counting <laughs> macros again, which I haven't done in a while. Adding in extra cardio stuff. So we're going to have a little fun with this. I'm not actually entering right. a yes. show. Maybe this will be um, like the start of something. Maybe but I, I love it. Can um, I tell them the real fun part though? Yeah. Even though she's not really entering a show, I am going to bedazzle a bikini for her. <laughs> and we're going to so buy So there some... will be a show ready bikini too. We're, so we'll have the bedazzled <laughs> bikini thanks to Rachel. We will go and buy that Jogan's self-tanner. Oh, self yeah, she's going to have to get self-tanned. <laughs> to make me as orange as possible. Um, We've recruited Dave, my photographer husband to do some like pose shots at yep. the end of do this little experiment. We'll have some video. Um, I also just have to acknowledge the irony of the fact that we just got done with our top tens about lifting and, and Hannah's about to embark on something that is probably going to diminish her ability to lift because so cutting my, calories So does. we should talk <laughs> about training. Um, I'm not going to stop doing my CrossFit training because um, this literally is like a little six week yeah, experiment. It's more of a nutritional it's experiment. It's and, a project. You know, aesthetic you know, experiment um I, I love to experiment doing stuff with myself before i'd ever do it for anybody else yeah so given that i've never you know done this kind of nutrition for anybody else um it it'll be an interesting it's research, research project it's yeah. i also realized that like i work out pretty intensely all year round and don't really have any kind of 
off season, quote unquote. <laughs> so I'm going to stick with my training, but um, as I reduce my calories, it's probably going to, the intensity will back off a little bit. The top ends of my lifts will back off a little bit, which I could choose to see as annoying, right. but I could also choose to say, this is my chance to actually just focus more on technique you're rather gonna, than You're going to embrace the process. Embrace exactly. the process. And, you know, maybe give my body a little, like a little break. Yeah. Um, yeah, I joked earlier, you don't deload week. I love deload weeks. Um, Hannah doesn't do them very often or ever. So, so this is like a deload. <laughs> we're going to have a little experiment. And I'm going to try and check in, as I said, on the before and after Instagram stories um, to let you know how hangry I am. And yeah, how hangry. my coach, my posing coach, who's never right. actually done it before. <laughs> it's This is going to be amazing. teaching me. She already took me on my first additional cardio piece. We just did some steady state cardio. Went for a three mile weighted vest walk trying to be as a decent pace as possible but we took dory so yeah dory dory sometimes dictates the pace for us but um, yeah so yeah it's just a little experiment we'll be done just before thanksgiving and then i will enjoy plentiful pumpkin right pie. and then we will move on so i will be doing my first in-body scan monday morning to check on my current body fat percentages i will be weighing myself daily looking at averages and embarking on a new experiment and uh, learning how to pose. Yeah, like that's that's really going to be the fun, silly part. Uh, I'm yeah. actually like, I, I've heard a lot. I've read a lot that like, you know, it's really hard to hold and maintain oh, those for poses. Sure. You're flex- so, you have to flex a lot of muscles separately from when you would normally flex them. Like, And I'm fairly sure just yeah. like being able to, to do that and like, mm-hmm. oh, I need to flex this muscle. And like, how do I do that? But only that one. Like, so yeah. it's yeah. kind of, yeah, it's just a fun little experiment um and we'll mm-hmm. let you know how it goes <laughs> <laughs> rachel is also into a cutting phase but not as aggressive yes it's um, true i started a cut last week so i'm only a week in as well but uh mine is mine is going to be much more gradual and last longer so so yeah we'll be able to compare kind of um a more aggressive cut alongside a, a sort of yes less aggressive cut let's say but needless to say my usual cold self will probably be a little colder than usual in the next six yeah. weeks. It's good, though. It's getting to be puffy jacket weather anyway, so you'll be bundling up more. Right. So there it is. Another fine episode for you. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully it inspired you to go lift those weights. Yes, and, lift uh, heavy things. Yeah, if you've listened to this one, be sure to tune in for the next one because we're both really excited about that one. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon.